Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, everybody. I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. It's Kyle O'Reilly. Matt Riddle, the king of Rose. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff Jarrett. I'm Rocky Asuka Romero. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk, home of Luke Owen. Support Wrestle Talk, whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, quote the Raven. Nevermore. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. But you really should support Wrestle Talk, and you should follow them and subscribe right now. Ollie told me to say this, so I guess it's okay. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Make sure you watch and listen to Wrestle Talk. Or better yet, take just a moment, stop what you're doing, and bask in their glory. Do us all a favor and subscribe. Congratulations, you got here. Now subscribe and support. Thanks. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast that's gonna take some getting used to i still nearly said wrestle ramble i'm ollie davis and i'm joined by luke owen hello swath nation and a hello to you oliver davis how the devil are you i'm okay at the moment yeah of course we stayed up all last night to watch aew's first ever dynamite show which this show reviews and then we made two videos off the back of it we went home we slept for a couple of hours we came, it sounds like we live together. We <laughs> snuggle in the same bed like Bert and Ernie. If only. And then we came back into the studio and recorded this thing that you're about to hear. So I'm surprised that I'm functioning so well. I am a bit tired. I was falling asleep a little bit in the taxi on the way home, like proper conked out for a little bit. Um, but I got home at about 7 a.m. And it was only then I suddenly realized, oh my God, I've been up since 6 a.m., yesterday yeah so i've been up for 25 hours and it was only then that it really hit me and then i started to feel tired and then i got into bed and i just completely fell asleep did not hear my wife leave for work uh this morning and i woke myself up at nine after only two hours sleep and i was like oh my god i cannot believe i'm awake and i was out i was out <laughs> again and then i woke up about half past 11 and i was like okay no there i am that that's a bit better now back in the room yeah uh yeah hopefully i can adjust tonight i'm gonna have a bath I'm going to pop some melatonin. I'm going to watch. Maybe some crack. I'm going to watch The Buddy Apprentice, mate. Yes! Oh, The you know, Apprentice is back! You know what I'm thinking, too? What's that? I think I'm going to have a takeaway. <gasps> oh! Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home. Suits you! She's, Anna's against it. 
I've already sort of WhatsApp the message. I've planted the seed. Oh, the seeds are planted. And I know how to like chip away at her willpower. Yeah, uh-huh. because she's very healthy at the That's moment. How you're in a relationship? She's she, <laughs> over three months of just uh, <laughs> negging. <laughs> what you don't want, folks, is a strong, confident woman. <laughs> you want to chip away at that until she likes you. And thinks that you're the best she can get. <laughs> and getting takeaways on a Thursday night is a good idea. But she's being healthy at the moment. She has, she's not snacking at work. This is a big thing, apparently, because, mm. you know, she's in an office where people just say, hey, here's like five donuts. I'm going to leave them here right next to your desk <laughs> in your field of vision for five hours. Yeah. And, uh, and you've got to eat them. Otherwise, they're going to go stale. Yeah. I don't. You've seen me around food. That's why we don't you have are, food lying um, around in the office. You're very. When we do live streams, we have some food. You will just go and go and go and go and go. Well, I know my limitations. Like, I, it's not that I've got strong willpower or anything. I just don't have the stuff that will tempt me near me. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, she's been very good, and she doesn't want to take away. She wants to eat healthy. We've got this freaking organic vegetable subscription box, which is just insanely expensive. And I keep trying to cancel, but we've still got it. And it's going to arrive today. And she's like, we can cook something with the vegetables. I don't want to cook. I don't want to eat vegetables. I just want some form of fried, beige, bread-heavy takeaway. Uh, so I've, I've started to sow the seeds. And I think by 7 o'clock, she'll just go, let's get a Turkish. Which yeah. is what I... It's what you want. Yeah, that's, yeah, what, that's what you're after. Um, I thought I'd read this email out because this was uh, specifically requested to be read out on the first AEW Wrestle Talk podcast. And it comes in from your friend and mine, Jem. Uh, Ollie Davis is number one Jem. hater. He says, hello, everyone at Wrestle Talk. Uh, and just this once, only for this email, so don't get too cocky. Greetings to you, Ollie Davis. <laughs> I'm writing this email to say thank you to all of you at WrestleTalk. I came across the channel through YouTube recommendations in 2016, I think, when it was just Ollie. Roughly around the same time, I fell back in love with wrestling and became a smark, so to say. It was just when Luke joined that I became a true WrestleTalk fan and a member of the SWAF Nation. So make of that what you will, Ollie. All joking aside, as I was saying, I fell back in love with wrestling, more specifically WWE, in 2016, and it's been an amazing ride ever since. I've been introduced to things like NXT, AEW, and even something called independent wrestling i know crazy right wrestling was uh, sorry wrestling was my go-to during these times where i would drift away from the problems of the world and engage in the exciting matches and storylines of professional wrestling since 2016 i've fallen in and out of love of the sport it's been a rocky ride but the one constant has always been you guys making me laugh with your consistently entertaining content you were the ones that introduced me to wrestling outside of wwe and thanks to all of you for that i experienced such classics as omega ricarda at dominion live from my couch as i've said before it's been a rocky ride with me in wrestling. I've loved it at times, like when Becky Lynch first broke through as badass Becky, but I've always hated it at times, like when WWE was overpushing Baron Corbin. The point is, you guys have always been there and made me stick with it for the better. Even when I was the Brock Lesnar fans, only tuning in for the big five pay-per-views, and even when I was only watching the matches I was interested in, I'd still watch and listen to you guys every week. Recently, I had a fallout with a friend whom I considered a brother, and I moved all the way across the world from Turkey to Australia, but you guys always put a smile on my face. Flash forward a few months, me and my friend are back on good terms i'm settled here down under and more importantly i'm excited for wrestling again since nxt debuted on usa i've been absolutely buzzing about wrestling and that is all thanks to you guys i would have quit watching it years ago if it weren't for you two but now thanks to you fine lads i get to enjoy nxt on live tv AEW debuting on tnt smackdown moving to fox and so much more i'm even going to my first wwe live event on the 23rd of september which is a couple of weeks ago from now a week before this uh where i will hopefully meet some fellow swaf dunders or just other wrestling fans in general as most of my friends 
aren't into wrestling. And October is going to be a great month for the sport, and I hope it's going to be a good month for the entire SWAF nation. Stay SWAFed, everyone. Thank you for the consistent consistency. Ollie Davis's number one hater, Jen. <laughs> so he's a SWAFed underman. Mm-hmm. Kim. Kim. Uh, and this is in from Dave. This is the email I referred to later on in the show, who said, uh, just got out of work, was listening to your bonus mini said, and was pretty pleased to hear that Jack may be, uh, Jake, sorry, may be heading to AEW. Been a massive fan since its ECW championship run. Yep, I'm one of the only guys. I think its size, MMA background, and pro-Trump patriot gimmick could be an incredible draw uh, for Heat if done right. Glad to see Pete is on the swagger train. Just messaged him because I was excited and hopeful to see where it goes. Thank you for all the hard workers, always, and making these next few weeks extra exciting with the Wednesday Night Wars. I missed the Monday Night Wars, so I never got to feel this excitement, and now I look forward to enjoy it with my twins. Uh, Dave, the guy with the twins that love the fiends. Ah, oh, that's cool. I remember them. Uh, the Yeah, I don't think it, you want... The, while, while like a sort of Trump loving figure or gimmick for someone is would definitely get heat. I don't. I think that would be too divisive for a, a promotion like AEW in its genesis stages. I don't think you want to isolate a large part of your potential fan base by making fun of their political beliefs. Or do you play it like Bret Hart in Canada, where Hager is the babyface to MAGA hat Trump pro Trump fans, yeah, he, and he's their heels to everyone else. It's a do. very tricky line to walk across, but I think with some you know some good writing and some very smart decisions, that could be a re- that could be a really really interesting uh, dynamic. And if not done sensationally, could actually be quite a groundbreak. You know, like it's very rare, but sometimes wrestling feuds can progress social narratives and 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 like that i i i think that particular thing might be too divisive Mm. and would just end up in more hate on both sides could possibly be as opposed to united states canada which is more of a oh nuggin (laughs) kind of or as i like to call them mexico north (laughs) my favorite scott steiner quotes ever anyway let's get into that aew review it's our first review of aew dynamite and we're kicking things off giving our sort of overall thoughts on the show itself before we dive into the full play-by-play and all of your soup soup super chats here is the show A historic night it was. The Wednesday Night War officially kicked off on October 2nd. You had NXT over on the USA Network putting on what was a killer takeover show. It was... Me and Laurie were talking about this uh, in the office when I, I when I arrived. That I've, done, I've now watched... I haven't fully watched all of NXT yet. But having watched the first hour, I was like... Oh man, this is a company that is at war. Mm. This is a company that was like, we are at war, and we are putting it. We're pulling out all the stops because we do not want to lose this war. We cannot afford to lose this war. Whereas I think the AEW, which I thought was a fine show, and I thought it was pretty good, was a show that was like, this is our show, which is probably the methodology they should be doing. I think. I think if you're AEW, you just focus on putting the best product on you can. NXT, I agree. I watched that Adam Cole, Matt Riddle opening so match. So good. Incredible match. Um, probably the best in-ring match of the night by quite a long way, actually. Across both shows, yeah. 100%. Uh, me, personally, for my personal taste, I preferred Cody versus Sammy as sort of an emotional experience. But yeah, in-ring-wise, 
Colin Riddle was fantastic. I've watched the uh, a few of the the other clips as well from the show. So you got Champa's return. Finn Balor's an NXT guy now. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what I mean. It's just like those are like three big things, and like and it was three title matches as well. This was a show that was like we cannot lose this. Whereas AEW was like. This is what our show is. If you like it, tune in next week if you want. We haven't really told you what's happening, but you can tune in next week if you fancy it. But the problem is, is and this is like NXT did all that, like put on a fantastic show. Uh, they did overrun and but I haven't seen the last hour, but apparently main event overstays its welcome by quite a considerable margin. But mm. then you get that killer champa return at the end. Uh, is It's in full sale. You're in front of less than a thousand people, really. And it does, like, as, as fun as those matches are, it isn't a takeover. And it, it loses that atmosphere that Ooh. AEW had. When I was watching Riddle Cole, I, I was loving it. But I was also, and the crowd were really hot. But it was also a small crowd. And that's fine. But then when you put that up against an incredible crowd, 12,000 people in uh, where was it? The Capital Capital One Arena yep, in Washington, Washington DC for AEW, the home of Daniel Bryan. With, and they were all so hot throughout the night, even when you know they they that there were botches and stuff. They still got behind the performers. Like the the difference was very very stark to me. I saw someone post up on Twitter. It was um, Trevor Dame, who's a very very good um, wrestling, uh, not so much a journalist, but he's like a podcaster and stuff. And he said that watching the two shows. NXT is the one that feels like the actual alternative because it's in that sort of smaller, dingy arena, whereas AEW Dynamite feels like Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the the overall show of Dynamite. Um, I, if you watched our, our sort of headline review and our edited review and our live stream and all this stuff, you, you'll kind of know my thoughts. Well, when I watched All In last year, that wasn't the show that I was expecting. I was expecting a... New Japan level of in-ring wrestling product. And we didn't get that. We got a lot more comedy stuff. We got a lot more high-flying. There was no... Um, I was I went in there waiting for several Omega Okadas because you had Omega Pentagon, which mm -hmm. was a fantastic match. You had Marty Skrull and Okada on the card yep. as well. I thought that was going to blow everything out of the water. But it wasn't that kind of show. It was more in line with what AEW would become, actually, which is interesting. So I went to bed after watching that, and then I woke up. And in the days after, I loved All In more and more and more. Now, now I just absolutely adore it because it's, it's. I was wrong for having those expectations. Yeah. With Dynamite, I had similar feelings. Like, huh, I, uh, I'm really enjoying this show. I'm loving the alternative. I love Jr. and Tony Schiavone on commentary. I love all these wrestlers and how you're making them feel like stars. I love more than anything. The wins loss record, uh, attention to detail. But I, with all that stuff, you can't have logic holes. No. And there were glaring logic holes. Drive a bus through logic holes. And when you're saying to your audience, we are gonna, ha we're gonna pay so much attention to detail, and then you don't, you've set that expectation yourself in the viewership. And that, I, so I, I don't think I'm wrong by saying I had high expect, like that AEW missed their own standard for putting on a consistent universe of rules. So the, the, just to, the examples are no one ran down to help Cody. The backstage officials broke up some brawls, but didn't break up others. And 
most criminally really the the DQ it was a DQ in, in the, the main event man, for the six yeah. man tag I've seen a few people defend it saying like well Omega wasn't the legal man but I'm sorry but it's, it's a DQ like in that, that, that is that's a disqualification the match should have been thrown out I was trying to think of how they could have fixed this issue and really the only thing I could have thought of is if they'd called for the DQ and then Omega and um, Moxley going to have their brawl and you do the uh, Death Rider through the table but then back in the ring, you have the Young Bucks say, we're not ending our first episode of, of Dynamite on a DQ finish. We're going to continue this match, but we'll do it three on two. And then essentially the match is restarted as a three on two handicap match. And then you don't have that logic hole. That logic hole was instantly fixed. And that's why the match continues. And the, the non-DQ and the match continuing for another 10 minutes completely killed the crowd a little bit because they didn't know how to react. Because like everyone else watching, they all thought, well, that should have been a DQ. They were and confused. Confused, actually. There was like this murmur of confusion amongst the crowd. And then it took them a long time to get back into it. They, met, they eventually got very hot by the end. So they got into the, because Nick Jackson's so good. And then you had all of the run-ins down at the end and everything. But I think just that one little thing would have completely solved that, that really glaring problem. Totally. I mean, there's, there's so many ways around it. You, you, you could have had Cody come down and say, I'm going to be the sixth man. You could have... Uh, them just have a really good six-man main event and then have Moxley run in at the end yeah. and cause the DQ and that's the end of the, And then you can get Ortiz and Santana over who were really lost in the shuffle of that, really that showcase were, bit. Yeah. Uh, and also, just as an angle, Moxley attacking Omega no longer feels as much as a heelish action because within the confines and the laws of AEW, there is no... It's, it's not against the rules. Mm. It's like... It's like in New Japan, it happens all the time. A heel will low blow or use a weapon directly in front of the referee and the referee does nothing. I'm like, well, there's no heat there because he's not cheating. I'm, I'm not getting angry at a cheater because the referee's allowed it. And then conversely to that, in the pack hangman page, the pack low blow spot was done behind the referee's back. Mm. So... I mean, if low blows are just fine anyway, because you're not going to get DQ'd, you might as well have just kicked him in the bollocks in front of Earl, Re Earl Hebner, because he wouldn't have done anything. Well, I think, yeah, that's that That was a really good use of getting heat on back. That's exactly Because it was it, behind yeah. the referee's back. That's what I mean. But it's like, but in the confines of AEW, they've also set up the store that, like, oh, it doesn't matter if you cheat in front of the ref. Like, Nyla Rose is grabbing chairs in the mm. women's match, and the referee not really doing anything about it. Yeah, so it was just a baffling... But for something that has, has put obviously so much thought into a lot of elements of their product, it's baffling how they drop the ball on something every segment. Like, I was thinking about it. Every, every segment, they've got this like quite niggly thing that I'm like, uh. and I'm not saying I hated the show and I'm not writing it off. This was the first episode. And as we've seen with AEW, they are a company that will learn from their mistakes. They will make modifications and corrections to hone their product. This is a brand new company. And as we were talking about before the show, it's the first company to be at this level in a real social media world where social media puts everything mm. under a microscope. And really, there are, you've only got two ways. of It's a binary option. You either had the best show ever or the worst show ever. And I think that AEW was in a position where it was like, well, okay, this is what we're doing, but we're going to learn from these mistakes. We're going to grow from this. And we're just trying to, so we're putting feelers out of what this TV show is. And we'll work it out as we go. Problem is you're in a social media world where you don't, you can't really afford to be taking that road because everyone would just be like, oh, you've made loads of botches, not watching next week. 
taking that Rhodes. There you go. Yes, I mean, overall, me and Luke gave it a four out of five. I really enjoyed the show. Because really did enjoy the show, but it should have been better. By AEW's own standards, it it should have been better. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, we've got some Patreon Pledgehammer shoutouts to do as well for everyone who's donated $25 a month or more. So thank you very much to Paulie Dangerously Jarman. Yeah, yeah lovely. Do you want to do the next one? Uh, oh, what does that say? It says the the plug socket rake haddock. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. The $100 man, CD Horver. Nice. <laughs> Uh, the Kessel Run DX Solo. Yeah, what a nice Mike guy. Allison. The Mayor of Painesville. Dan! 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 Oh, sorry. Pete isn't doing them. The Rocket Dan... Dan. Dan Sky. Nice. Yeah. He's no jackass. Dano. Whoa. The Beast. Brock Taylor. Nice. Yes. yes. And, uh, sorry, Russell Talk's personal ring announcer, Rodrigo Bonitez. Oh, hey. And astounding Abdullah Alenzi. Thank you ever so much, everyone. So, uh, we'll start with uh, Jobber JJ, Ollie Davis' number one fan, said, Did AEW do a good enough job to make casual fans come back? 
I I really think we need to get past this casual fan thing. I so, someone tried, like completely changed my mind in a mailbag question we had for the Patreon, which is that idea of. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm too, maybe I'm looking at it from the lapsed fan perspective, trying to find those lapsed fans that went off in their droves in 2001, 2002. I don't think they're ever coming back. Mm. I don't think there's anything. I don't think they were attracted to wrestling. I think they were attracted to the counterculture programming that was rife at the time. And then wrestling just stopped being cool and they all left and they've never gone back to it. The casual fan thing, uh, to answer your question, though, I don't know if they did. What do you think? Um, I... I think there was enough freshness there. I think some of the angles are really, really good. I think just Jericho and his, and Moxley and Omega in particular. I think that Moxley and Omega beatdown, but even even though I've got my issues with how it was sort of presented as an okay thing to happen by the law, mm. uh, I thought it was excellent. And that Moxley Omega beatdown alone would make a casual tune in next week. Yeah, so yeah, I, was, I kind of rescind the start of my uh, answer to that. I do apologise. Uh, Alistair Gammon said, Hello from the IOW. Thought AEW was awesome. Four and a half stars. It was a really good show. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, Matt Field said, Watched AEW on fight. And I think this second part is a bit unfair. Said, As AEW don't care about the UK, which they do. <laughs> yeah, that. They very much do. That's It's like their second biggest uh, target after the, the United States, even more than Canada. It's just that the forces that be haven't been able to get a TV deal in place in time. So, yeah. That's what I'm, again, going back to that whole, it's the first social media age wrestling company where everything is under a microscope. So if you're not live on the UK, it's instantly, oh, they just don't care about UK Mm. fans as opposed to the wider picture of there's so much at play here that you can't get it on live. Uh, Deej the second said, I was at the show and the crowd was totally electric. Oh, yeah. What one of the best things of the whole night? They, I mean, they saved a lot of matches. Like Nyla Rose and Rio, they saved it. Yeah, and they made like it was really down to the crowd about how good that match got at the end. And we got a very interesting one from Sam Cropper, who said, "I was one of the plants in the VIP area when Moxley <gasps> put Omega through the what? table." Wow! Yeah. And he said, "I promise that was not gimmicked glass. That was thick, normal glass." Wow! Well, I would expect someone to bleed when when it happened. No one bled. I mean, I th- I think it's very much gimmicked glass. Uh I think you're worked, brother. But that's so cool to be there. Speaking of which, did you see um, J- Jason Muse leaked the um, winner of the women's title match? How? Because he was streaming to his Twitch channel, like backstage, and he was like uh, hanging out with like uh, Lever Bates and everyone. And Riho was doing her photo shoot for the women's title again, before before the, before the match. Oh, and then and then they were no. like, "Oh my god, is that live?" And he was like, "Yeah, but I don't think anyone saw it." And then like quickly turns off. Someone sent it to me this morning. That is so Jay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll do one last one for now before we get on with the main show. Uh, just a lovely one from Seth Amphetamines who just said, two rambles every Thursday. Score! Yeah. Even a, a lovelier, longer time with the boys. <laughs> a lovely, longer time with more boys. You're going to have all the boys on you on all Thursday. All the boys. You're going to be like Dalton Castle. Dig it, 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 dig it
open with some really cool opening credits. I'd seen I'd it before. I love then. those opening credits. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I, I, I said my theory is that all the rainbow colours are to promote yeah. the diversity and inclusivity of AEW. Which I didn't pick up on. Mm. I just thought, they're nice colours. And it's explosions and it's dynamite and it's explosions going off with that and just sort of leaving these sort of cloud smokes because it's very appealing to look at. It's visual, it's aesthetically appeasing. I like to think of them as rainbow farts. <laughs> I think it's what unicorns do mm, when they yeah. eat too much curry. Uh, and then, this this was just like... I when it happened, I did get a bit. Uh, I welled up a bit. I didn't didn't really show it, but my my arms went tingly, and that was just hearing Tony Schiavone's voice on commentary. And he has commentated on wrestling shows, He's done MLW over the last year, but to hear his voice in 2019 on a crowd this large on a product that looks like this, it just took me back to when I was 10 years old watching WCW and just it was it was a really special moment as I said in uh, the review it would have given the viewers of a certain age a real nostalgia boner Mm. and this was nostalgia boner this was having JR the voice of Monday Night Raw during the Attitude Era and Tony Schiavone the voice of Nitro during the Attitude Era just it was great and actually if we, I don't want to spend this whole review kind of comparing the two shows. And actually, I don't want to spend these reviews going forward comparing the two shows. <laughs> but I much prefer the commentary on AEW show than I did uh, for NXT. Even though I love Morrow and Nigel, I actually so much preferred the commentary on AEW, even with a couple of the slip-ups they had and a couple of bits of salty JR. <laughs> this is dumb. It makes no sense. Yeah, but, you know, he... At the end of the day, he was saying what I was thinking I know, a lot right? of the yeah. time. So that's nice, like, yeah. as opposed to Michael Cole saying, well, this, this, buzzword, buzzword, buzzword. Yeah. Big dog. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I preferred the AEW commentary team, and that's down to one person, Beth Phoenix. Because <laughs> she adds nothing. Bless She's her heart. just there to go, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. my. I want a female WWE commentator soundboard. Yeah. Because you could have Renee Young and, and Beth Phoenix on the same sort of thing. I haven't heard Mickey James. Oh, my. What a warrior. DJ, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this, uh, the, the commentary was absolutely brilliant, I thought. Uh, I, I would have preferred a two-man booth. Yes. Because I felt Excalibur got lost in the mix sometimes. But Excalibur is very, very good He's by himself. So good. And hopefully as they go forward, of course, JR and Shivani have got a lot of history together. Excalibur can work his way in there too. I th- I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing them all together. And then the cr- like you th- some great shots of the crowd. The crowd are going nuts. The, the place looks absolutely incredible. It's like if you told 2012 Ollie that there'll be a product like this before the end of the decade I just I would have said no nope it's not happening no no. I've, I've been burnt once by TNA <laughs> to be honest if you'd have said this to me to 2016 Luke I'd yeah. have probably said nah it's not happening yeah yeah oh what yeah like Sinclair are gonna put money into <laughs> Ring of Honor what Luke Impact are gonna get another shot are yeah. gonna get another bite of the apple are they so the, it was it was so good and then just to tip it over the edge Kevin Smith and Jason Muse are in the front row I said even that's Jason Muse yeah and then someone else probably was like, Kevin Smith's there as well. Like, oh, my God. Smith and Muse are here. Right in the front row. They were there later to promote their film, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, which stars Chris Jericho, Le Champion. And I'm such a mark 
for Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes that I proper marked out. Mm. And like that morning as well, I was already in a bit of a, a, a viewers universe mood because Kevin Smith had announced Clerks 3 is finally back on track and Jeff Anderson's finally involved again and we got some backers for it. And I was like, brilliant, we're going to finally complete the trilogy that probably didn't need to be completed, but I'm just glad it is. Yeah, I, I uh, this was really, really nice. It was a nice, like... There's a rich tradition of celebrities in American wrestling shows, and I I felt like this did add something. Mm. It wasn't here's a, here's the cast of Survivor. It felt more like yeah, these are cool people, and that you know like when you see Rick Rubin pop up at takeovers in the yeah. crowd, I'm like that's cool. Yeah, I feel cooler knowing Rick Rubin watches something that I like. And Smith was there for the whole show yeah. as well. He was at ringside. You could see him throughout the show, and he was reacting massively to everything. Like he was really in the spirit of what was going yeah. on. It was actually a really, really nice, and uh, nice addition. They weren't the only surprise in the crowd. <laughs> I'm so. I, I wish they did a sort of NXT Takeover style shot of this person. Yep, green shirt guy. The guy that you see front row of every Raw, SmackDown, WWE pay-per-view, NXT takeover, he chose Dynamite over NXT. What a huge defection. Well, I mean, maybe he is of your opinion that NXT is a show for marks, and so he's only going to go where the real stars are. Yeah. Uh, so the first match was Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara, and it, it started off with this really, really nice video package just getting over the story of two guys who don't actually really have much of a rivalry, but it's based on wanting to win the match. And I thought this was excellent. And it told a very nice story uh, that Sammy is saying of Cody, well, he's got so much on his plate. He is the executive vice president of this company. He's sorting out venues. He's sorting out this. He's sorting out the other. And he's also got Chris Jericho at full gear. He's looking past me. And I can now use this as an opportunity to make a name for myself (laughs) on the first episode, in the first match of Dynamite on TNT. I thought it was a really, really nice story. And actually, I thought to myself, and that's one of my other disappointments I had about this show, which I did very much like, I wanted more of this. Mm. I almost felt like I wanted every match to kind of have this build because you said it's very UFC-like. Yeah. And I suddenly thought to myself later in the, like this morning, it's amazing that Pac and Paige didn't get one. Or Rio and Nyla Rose. Considering how much history there has been building to those matches that they didn't get any video packages, I thought was really surprising. Just exactly what you've been doing on the Road 2 series on YouTube, that... Because that that is that those are superb shows, yeah. And you just need to take those VTs, chop them down a bit more into like a little two minute package, play those at the start, and it gets everyone more invested in the characters and the results. Gives every match some stakes. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. And then to to carry on the momentum, Cody Rhodes and Brandy are the first people out, and it was it was special. Yeah, it really was. Like to see him come out, the crowd are just going nuts. Cody's welling up. He's like, when Punk came out at Money in the Bank in 2011 in Chicago, he does his big entrance, he's so into it, and then he just sits down, and he's just taking it all in, and the crowd are still going nuts, and then he just stands up again, mm. and almost does a second entrance <laughs> and fires it up, and it's just an insane atmosphere, and that's what was here with that added layer of Dusty. Yeah. And it was just, and, and you know, Shivani commentating, it just... It all it it was all really really nice and and Meltzer pointed out something in his review he said he never really considered it before 
But Cody is kind of tapping into this Von Erich-style babyface where everyone's really... It's a different kind of support. It's like a, a more... F- like, I love Cody. Yeah. Whereas, like, CM Punk, for instance, I idolize CM Punk. Cody is more like, no, I, I love you as a family member. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's amazing character work. But for me, this match was all about making Sammy look like a star. Mm-hmm. And I think they... They took a guy who, previous to this, had been in the uh, buy-in for Double or Nothing in a really good match with Kip Sabian and was in the six-man at Fight for the Fallen um, when he was teaming with MJF and Sean Spears. Sean Beers. Um, and so you took a guy who has just had those two matches and within this one show made him a very credible upper mid-carder and almost main eventer. Because he was in that mix right at the end of the of the night. I'd say upper mid-carder. Yeah, I, 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 I'm upper mid-carder as well, with a possibility of sort of like, there is a main event push that you could use afterwards. Three years down the line. Three years down the line. But it's all about the solid build. Mm. And like in one show, they've already established this is a guy that's towards the tippity top of the cards. And he is, he's someone to definitely keep an eye out on. Yeah, and again, it's Cody having for me, that some people have been like, oh, I don't really like that match. I, I just love Cody's matches. This this was more akin to the Darby Allen one that he had where he just made Darby look like an absolute star. He gave Sammy so much. Uh, so it was so this was a night of botches. Every, like every match apart from the main event really had a botch move in. Even Pac was botching moves and he is usually just flawless. Yeah. And Sammy was maybe nervous. it was nerves. I think it was nerves. Whereas Cody's, you know, big match professional, he was fine. But it, it started off a bit awkward, but the crowd was so into it. And then but then they started to get really good. And then Cody hit a dive outside. Sammy pulled Brandy in front of him. Cody dived onto Brandy. And then from then on, the last third of the match really leveled up. It was near full. Spanish fly off the top rope. His uh, moonsault into the moonsault yeah. into the shooting star press. Some really, really great stuff. Kicking out the disaster kick uh, did Sammy. And eventually, Cody beat him with a roll-up. A roll-up that mm. protects Sammy because it's not a definitive win, but still puts Cody over in that he's still the number one contender and he should be going towards Chris Jericho. He was the one who got the wily veteran pin on Sammy Guevara. And I thought it was brilliant. And you and I said that the best kind of matches are the ones where both guys, come at the end of it, come out looking better than when they went in. And this is one of those matches. Perfect example. And Cody just keeps doing it. Yeah. Uh, and then afterwards, Cody and Sammy, Sammy's like, he extends the hand to shake it. Cody goes, well, all right, kid. They shake hands. And like, oh, okay, they're going this route with Sammy. Ah, but it was a ruse. Jericho attacks Cody from behind. Yeah. And Sammy look, like just doesn't help. He walks off. So at that time, I just thought, oh, okay, Sammy's just being a dick. Yeah. I didn't know they were in cahoots as would transpire by the end of the show. And then Jericho beat up Cody for ages. Long old time, yeah. Which was good. Hmm. Like, I liked it. It was a good beatdown. Jericho's got loads of charisma. Jericho looks really young. Yeah, he looks, <laughs> yeah, he looks, yeah, like he's de aging. He's like Benjamin Button. Yeah, he's shaved. I, I don't know. He's still got the same dad bod, but he, he looks like Jericho of five years ago. A bit yeah. More now. Totally. I thought this was a really good beatdown, though. Lots of code breakers. Um, uh, the, uh, there's no Judas Elbow in this. I think I said there was a Judas Elbow in my review. I seem to recall there was one. Um, power bombs through the chairs on the outside. <laughs> yeah. But this is where the question rises. Where were the officials to break this up? Where was Atlas Security? 
breaking this brawl up. Yeah, so at this point, I didn't mind that because no precedent had been set. It was later on when officials would run in and break up the tiniest scuffle. I was like, well, why didn't you do that at the start of the show? Yeah. So, And then like some people said, well, you know, they didn't know. Now they're keeping more of an eye on it. I was, Come on. <laughs> I think it was going on for 10 minutes. It's the co-executive vice president and the champion. Yeah. If anything, you should keep those guys apart more than ever. Where's Dean Malenko running down? But what, what kind of just got me more is that MJF, we've been told, is Cody's best friend. He was out there for Cody's last match against Sean Spears. Very he, blood feud match. He's advertised to be in his corner against Jericho. Exactly. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe MJF isn't there at the arena yet. Exactly the same stuff we were talking about with Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio and Brock Lesnar on Raw this week. But he was there, and he was in the next match. Yeah. So MJ, it was it was uh, Brandon Cutler comes down, and then MJF walks out, does a heel promo, really good, really good stuff, all really good stuff. But I'm just I'm sitting there thinking, why didn't MJF run down to save Cody? It's the confusing, not confusing maybe is a harsh word, but it's the very muddied character they have for MGF, where he is the best friend of the good guy that we all love, but he's also the asshole heel that is MJF, and he's better than you, and you know it. Which is fine. I, I'm really excited about that. That's a three-dimensional character for MJF. But you've got to be consistent with it. Well, that's the problem, is that you booked yourselves into a segment where he is in the next match, so you can't have him come down and make the big baby face save and then do the heel promo. But that's the corner you've booked yourself into. It's not even a corner. <laughs> you don't have to have that match on next. Have that match on as the buffer between the women's title match and the main event. Yeah. You know, put it much later on in the night. Have a few segments backstage with MJF and Cody afterwards. I just... It was... It was... It was it was bad character work, and we called WWE out for it all the time. And I just, I, you know, this was the first thing where I was like, oh, I thought AEW weren't going to do that. That's yeah. like one of my biggest pet peeves that WWE do, and this is their first episode. What's what's happening? Yeah, I mean, I'm in agreement with you. Yeah, so I and and then like these continued throughout the night. Unfortunately, I'm not saying it's a write off. I'm just saying it. It's I'm not sitting here going wow. And even if everything wasn't perfect, um, it's it's not just everything. It's not that everything wasn't perfect. It's that some parts were actually quite bad. Mm. And I would say this is one of them. Um, but we didn't get any ad breaks for that whole opening match, which was really nice. No, it's because uh, NXT weren't having ad breaks as well. Um, Brandon Cutler versus MJF uh, just had a... It was more about MJF's heel promo at the start. Yeah, this was basically a little three-minute match with MJF tapping out Cutler... Um, pretty quickly, pretty definitively. It was just, it was there to put over MJF. Yeah. Um, it was also, again, a little bit weird. Cutler's, and Cutler had some nice spots. The, the Fez dive to the mm. outside was really cool. But then he jumps off the top rope to hit some kind of move. Well, no, he climbs up to the top rope, but his knee gives uh, way because yeah. he tweaked the knee while doing the dive. Mm. And then MJF tapped him out with the armbar, which we thought was a bit weird. But I have gone back and rewatched it. MJF was targeting the arm all throughout the match. Yeah. Like the whole shoulder into the post thing. So the armbar does make some modicum of sense. But it's then weird to do an, a leg spot as well and make very much reference to the fact that oh, he's tweaked his knee. That's why he can't even get up to the top rope. And then have him win with an armbar. Yeah. I it just it sort of it wasn't it wasn't effective booking for me. Like either have MJF just win strong with the armbar and don't have like you know, sometimes you've gotta beat someone definitively. And if the aim here is to get MJF over, 
then just have him beat Cutler definitively. Yeah. Don't do this little, oh, my knee, which doesn't actually play into the, the finish. Unless it was a real injury, I don't know. I, uh, yeah. I, I, th- I thought the in-ring stuff here wasn't that great. But then the, this is, you know, second match in, and three of the four men in here have not had the big TV experience. And I wonder if it was just nerves. I think nerves managed, I think nerves got to people out on this night. Mm. Then Chris Van Vlay? Chris Van Vliet. I've, I've given up given up people keep telling me what it is and when i say it people keep telling me it's wrong so i've given up saying this man's name so he's an excellent interviewer of wrestlers. he's got his own youtube channel and he's got a job here with AEW, and he's interviewing at ringside kevin smith and jason muse about jay and silent bob reboot about chris jericho being in the movie kevin smith says some stuff it's just so Cool to see these two worlds merge. Yeah, it was really awesome. Uh, but then Angelico and Jack Evans come out in their just hideous attire, <laughs> their luminous green all over body suits. Those are the terrible energy drinks that they yeah. are. Yeah, and and yeah, like they're just yeah, they're they're esports. I mean, although <laughs> I laughed at Morris Day and the Times Suck, mm. that really made me laugh. So explain to people why that's funny, because I didn't get it. But they are a featured band of Jay and Son and Bob Strike Back, the uh, the fifth movie within the viewersk universe. Um, it's kind of like one of the impetus at the starts when uh, Jay's talking about how Morris Day are great, and one of the kids that they're dealing drugs too says, Morris Day, and the band from Purple Rain, they suck. And that starts a fight between mm. them. And then Morris Day and the Time perform at the end of the movie. And it's meant to be this big, like, oh, my God, it's Morris Day and the Time. This is awesome. And Morris Day and the Time are great. So that's that sort of didn't start anything, but Private Party then walked in with some beers, gave the beers to Smith and Muse. Yep. And, and quite then the situation, left. yeah. yeah. And I liked Smith pointing out as well that, you know, and Helico and Jack Evans are come out here running their mouths. You haven't even guys only won a match in AEW yet. Mm. And just the fact that they had Kevin Smith say that line was like, oh man, that means Kevin's... I mean, he clearly doesn't. He's just yeah, fed that yeah, line. Yeah. But it was like, that means Kevin Smith watches this show week to week. That's great. It was cool. This was, this was fine. Uh, it's, it was a nice way to get the guys on the show. Um, I, did, I thought the celebrity involvement was really effective. This was good. Yeah. Then, but I just... I would then have a match after this. They, they had a run of bits now mm. which really i think should have been spread out more throughout the show it was like here's the the skit hour yeah here's the match hour i just you know i'd, I'd schedule it all around a bit and it, it goes to this vignette outside the white house of scorpio sky doing a really quite good barack obama impression yeah and kaz and christopher daniels are the sort of security men who are also very funny just yeah doing this all the time this felt like it was here because Scorpio Sky can do a really good Barack Obama impression. They thought, well, we're in Washington, so we may as well film it. Mm, yeah, and that's fine. Yeah, if he can. That's, good. that's a good use of those guys. <laughs> yeah. just, just from a production standpoint, another, this is so nitty, it just, I, but I don't see the point of it, is to go from that segment to then them live on the ramp immediately after. With Shivani, With yeah. Tony Shivani, and they're talking there. And they, they announce the news that... Uh, it's going to be Daniels and Kaz being the, the tag wrestlers in the tag team tournament, not yeah. Scorpio Sky. Which, you know, I just have one or the other. Yeah. Have the skit or the interview. Have the skit announce that news or don't do the skit and announce that news up on the stage without the skit. Because then it led to the Lucha Brothers uh, brawl as well, who are actually on opposite sides of the brackets, which kind mm. of perhaps sets up the fact that they could either collide or they're going out first round and they'll have a match later down the line. Yeah, yeah. It's nice how they're keeping a lot of plates spinning 
uh, feud wise and and there's and it's stuff that I'm excited for as well because Lucha Brothers versus Kazarian and Daniels <laughs> yes please mate I mean to be honest like that ladder match <laughs> that whole oh I don't think I could do another Lucha Brothers ladder match they've had too many matches this year that's made me feel wildly uncomfortable because <laughs> of the crazy stuff they do um, but I just think every lineup in that of the brackets for the tag tournaments makes me go like oh man I want to see that mm. oh really want to see that. Yeah, so Pentagon is awesome as always, Zero M, and they they have a little scuffle. And the officials immediately come out and pull them apart. Dean Malenko's there. Well, it was the power of the mullets that I think yeah. really broke this up. The, the mullet and Tash really broke this fight up. Uh, so, yeah, but that just makes you ask, where were they for the Cody Jericho brawl? Uh, then there's some shots of Jericho and... Uh, I've written LAX here. Ortiz and Santana yeah. talking backstage, and the elite are also sort of going over tactics. And then we get Hangman Page versus Pack. The match we were meant to get at Double or Nothing. The match that I saw at WrestleGate Pro in Nottingham, which kept getting shouted out during the show, which uh, during this match, which I was like, hey, yeah. shout out to Nottingham, which we're going to be at this coming Saturday doing a live yes. episode of WrestleTalk Live. Yes, we're going to be reviewing Friday Night SmackDown in this format, but live in the ring. Oh, in an oh actual wrestling ring. Yeah, it's, I don't know. We, we need chairs. <laughs> uh, so th- this was... A good match. Really good. You know, like, for a TV match as well, this is, like, this is a very good match. I but, uh, loved this match. It's it's not the best match they can have. No, but yes, because you saved that for pay-per-view. I, I mean, I said at the time, I think this is a pay-per-view level show. It's but that's your a, first episode. But that's it. They weren't treating this like it was a pay-per-view level show. They were saying, this is what our week-to-week TV is going to be like. Because you could argue about NXT... They can't do that show every week. Mm. They can't do a takeover show every single week on the card. Whereas AEW said, like, this is the show we're going to do. It is a four out of five show, and we're going to consistently do that every single week. I, I think that's wrong. I think you can, you can have a, an excellent match with Pack and Page here, tell them to go out, burn the house down, uh, and it'll be fine. And it won't affect the, the product. In fact, it'll enhance it. But they, they yeah. didn't do that. They had a very good match. And it, it's, it's awkward to say, to, to be down on these, because it is really good. I just, but given the quality of the two guys in the ring, I, I wanted more. Well, that's the thing. But I but it made you want more, which makes you want to see more, which makes you might mm. want to buy a pay-per-view and no. see more. No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to... It did I'm, make me want more. Okay, well, I'm going to disagree with you in this one, because this did make me want to see more. And it's made me want to see another match with these two, because this feels like a really hot feud within the got because it's been a few been started since January, you know, the AEW launch party that they did in Jacksonville. And we're leading through now till October. I really want to see these two clash on pay-per-view in a full match with no ad break interruptions and with a finish that doesn't involve bloody Earl Hebner being the Ray Charles of referees. Um, huh. Paige did a boot to me. It was like, who hired Earl Hebner? Yeah, and so, so what happened at the end, referee sort of gets tied up in the ropes, pack low blows Paige behind referee's back. Paige is down, holding his balls for ages. Hebner's just looking around going... Well, I don't know what's going on here. Don't know what happened there, mate. No. You're <laughs> which, right. You know, which is like, which it's is fine. Pure, and like Earl is so good at it. And like, he's the perfect referee to do that spot with because he is a, a referee that understands I'm not supposed to be looking when the heels are cheating. Mm. I'm meant to be distracted elsewhere. Yeah, and he, he sort of like, he, I think he got over enough that, look, I know something's gone wrong here, but I can't, I, I can't do anything because yeah. I didn't see it. It's out of my hands, unfortunately. 
So Pack, then uh, he hits the Black, Black Arrow, Arrow, then... The Brutalizer. Does Page tap out or does he just fade? I think it's because you can't really tap out. Yeah, you have to scream. He like, screams, yeah. yeah. So, th- so that puts Pack at 2 and 0 oh, wins and losses. Beating Page, beating Omega. And for my money, I want to see Page beat him. I'm now invested in seeing Page beat Pack and be the first person to end his streak. I'm not, but that's that's good. Deal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we got a full gear promo, and then Rio versus Nyla Rose. Hmm. Britt Baker's out there for no commentary. You know, like <laughs> how some people come out for commentary. She's there for no commentary. Yeah, she. <laughs> I'm not sure it's because <laughs> I'm not sure it's because we were just talking over it, but. I'm not sure if she said anything during the whole match. She might have said a couple of things here and there, but she really didn't. It felt like she was out there to scout the competition yeah. as opposed to be out there to provide commentary. I almost wish she was sitting nearer the championship belt. I don't know. I d- the tiny, well, the tiny championship belt. Yeah. Don't trip over that, do you? Yeah, it is a, it's a tiny belt. It's a dainty belt, isn't it? I don't know how they thought they were going to give it to Nyla. I thought I gave away the result more than Jason Mew's live streaming. Um, and this match was... It was, it was not a smooth sailing match. There were botches here and there. Um, and this match was really saved by the crowd yeah. being so behind Riho and wanting to see her win. And I think by Riho herself, because she's such a good babyface in peril and she makes such a good fiery babyface mm-hmm. comeback, that it helps the crowd get more amped up. And it really built to a fantastic final third to this match with its near falls and everything like that. But you can't ignore the quite sloppy first third and then that really long STF spot, which Riho effectively passed out from, and Nyla just let her go. I forgot about that. That was weird. Yeah, that's so... Yeah, exactly. I think, what it was you just, said. I think it was in an ad break. Yeah, and well, yes, yeah, so okay, I, if it but didn't I, go live. Yeah. But I wonder if that again is because we obviously we saw it because on fights we don't get the ad breaks. We literally just keep seeing the live feed, um, so we get to continue watching the match with no commentary. But again, is that just that's inexperience <laughs> of working on live TV? Yeah, when because when Rio passed out, she passed out in the STF from Nyla Rose, and the referee like went like that. Yeah, and Nyla we Rose both said, "Oh, it's over." I was like, "Oh, that's it." And then they just went to the next spot, which was Nyla setting her up for a powerbomb, but Rio's meant to tip her over her back, but they both crumbled. They couldn't do it. It was a botch. And it's like, ah, that's two like, quite significant missteps but if I'm next gonna, to each other. But to give credit to both of the both women in this match, I think that every time that they did make a mistake, which there were a, you know, a fair number of, they always recovered from them. They didn't just simply repeat the spots. They would just pick the set back. Like, great, cool. Let's go to the next yeah. thing then. Or like with Nyla, when Riho tried to give the backdrop and they all just fell down, Nyla laughed and she uh, with the reaction of just like, mate, that was a silly move, wasn't it? That was an error. That was really, really good by Nyla. Yes, yeah, yeah. qu- that's quick thinking. Yeah, and I and the crowd just was so into it. And I, I botches do take me out of it, but they don't. I know some people a botch happens and they're like, you effed up, and it completely takes them out of the action. And I, I, I don't really mind it that much. I'm like, oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, well. What what annoyed me more was, as you said earlier, Nyla Rose, this is for the inaugural Women's Championship. She's on top. She's beating Rio around the ring. All of a sudden, she starts getting a chair from under the ring. And the referee's like, no, don't do that, or you'll lose. Yeah. And she'll go, okay. Still tries to hit Rio. Referee takes it off her. Nyla Rose walks around the corner, gets more chairs out. I'm like, 
But what are you what are you doing? This is What's your grand plan here? This is bad booking. This doesn't make sense. Yeah. AEW you're meant to be better than this. Yeah. And it just it it was all a very contrived way to get Nyla to do a very impressive sent on off the top rope off off the apron and uh, Rio moved out of the way and she crashed and burned on the chairs. And again, easily fixed when Justin Roberts was doing the ring announcement when he said there's no time limit and also there's no disqualification. We want a definitive winner. Mm. You yeah. know, you have that one line in there and all of a sudden Nyla grabbing chairs. You're like, okay, that makes sense. And then I'm like, oh my God, Nyla in a no DQ match. Rio is screwed. Yeah. Anyway, it did. It the, Thanks to the crowd, really, because they were... I don't know why they were so into it. It's because Rico's must, amazing. It must have worked very well from a live crowd perspective because I, I was enjoying it, but they were. Yeah. They were like laughing. Yes, I want the Kool-Aid. <laughs> what, what, what they were handing out. It was in those towels they all had. The crowd. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the final third was really quite thrilling. And Rio won. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed it. With uh, she, she like hit a knee V trigger to the back of Nyla's head, then a double one to the front. It was a really cool finish. Yeah, really, really cool. Uh, and then Michael Nakazawa comes down and he's like, "Way, well done." He's going to interview her in Japanese, but then Nyla attacks both of them. She tries to lift Nakazawa for the power bomb, but sort of drops him there. Brilliantly covered up from commentary by JR and Tony Schiavone uh, to cover up why she dropped him down. But she eventually hit the power bomb on him. They continue to beat down. Uh, Riho and Kenny Omega came down to make the save. I really could have done without this only because yeah. we've already had Chris Jericho beating down Cody. We had MJF not letting go of the hold on Brandon Cutler. We had Pac not letting go of the hold on Adam Page. And cheating. And cheating. And then we had Nyla doing this beatdown as well. I'm like, all right, heal he. I get it. And it, I said it on the live stream, it took me back to the Baron Corbin mid-card vortex era of WWE earlier this year on Raw, when it was just heel heat mania running wilds, and every match was like, we've got to get that heel heat. And that's that's how the show finished as well. And, that, the, and that's the biggest it. angle. I, absolutely. It? In which case, if you're going to do that as your big angle, don't do it in your other three matches or your opening match yeah. and save it all for the main events. Speaking of, uh, after saving Rio there... Omega was back out and then came out and did some comedy with the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, they had a really cool opening, which was like a being the elite Marvel comic book flicker ident yeah. for the start. And they came out. It was so cool to see Omega and the Bucks out there. And I was just, I'm so into them as an act. And then out comes Jericho, Ortiz and Santana. I'm like, oh, God. So ready for I this. I cannot wait for this match. Six-man tag. And it goes about three minutes but, and a, a great three minutes as well. I was really... Because Kenny, Kenny's great. Jericho did some great heel work where yep. he tagged in and it looked like him and Omega were going to lock up, but then he just <laughs> tagged right out. You can see it coming a mile away, but it still worked. And then incredible Young Bucks dives to the outside. Kenny's in the ring. Ba-bum, bum, bum, bum. He's setting up for the Terminator. I think someone missed their cue. It took a while. Everyone actually getting into the ring as a surprise took a while, I'd mm-hmm. say. They need to figure out how long it takes to run to the ring. And in a great piece of camera work, Omega's there looking at the camera and then Moxley appears behind him. It it was cinematic. It was really cool. And that's right. I, that's got to be Kenny's uh, doing that. Yeah, that's totally. So within his, the way he thinks about wrestling visuals. And then they had the brawl, which did not end the match in a DQ. They brawled through the ring. Kenny hit him with the mop. So the cleaner, John Mopsley. And... They uh, did the Death Rider through the uh, glass table in the VIP area. 
It was an excellent beatdown. Really, really, wicked, really, really yeah. liked it. But that that was the end of that. You know, then then it carried on. I'm like, ah, oh, I was really enjoying the, the six, six man. man, and I was really excited for that six man as well. And now it's and it's not like, oh, don't give the really good stuff away on the on TV when you can build to a pay per view because this is a six man. It's that's you know that's that's what you do give away on TV, and you don't you don't give away those singles matches that you traditionally build to on pay-per-view. So I was just like a bit, ah, oh, that's, that's, that, you've, you've subverted my expectations in the wrong way now. Yeah. And then they continued having the match and it was just uh, Santana and Ortiz and Jericho beating down the Young Bucks. But because of the way the match was structured, it didn't allow Ortiz and Santana to show off what they can do. And they're such a great tag team that it wasn't the strongest in-ring debut for them in AEW. And then Jericho picked up the win with the Judas Elbow. Yeah, after, after an excellent Nick Jackson hot tag. We joked in the live stream that every match up until this point had featured some form of a botch, apart from this main event. There could have been 10 botches in this Nick Jackson um, hot tag, but he's so quick and he's so fast, I wouldn't have spotted them. He's incredible. <laughs> he's amazing. So Jericho wins, and then the heels continue to beat down the Bucks. Moxley and Omega are just wiped out, by the way. They don't factor into anything. And then Cody runs down to get his revenge on Jericho from the start of the night. And then Sammy Guevara runs down. Cody turns round, low blow straight onto Cody. Yep. And then you're like, oh, okay, so this... There's no officials for this one. And like, so no one's going to break this yeah. one up. So, but the bell was ringing. That was fun. Yep. And then and Dustin runs down to make the save to a huge pop. Oh, my God. The crowd went mad for him. They reacted like it was Dusty Rhodes himself coming yeah. down. Oh, punk is returned. <laughs> but it isn't. It was Dustin. And he, you know, he clears house really effectively. Yeah. He's standing tall. And then Jack Swagger turns up. Jake Hager. Yep, he Jake shows Hager. up. And, yeah, we talked about this on the highlights, lowlights, midlights video, that he's, he was part of that forever mid-card era of WWE, and I don't know if he's done enough on the outside of that to not really get rid of that mid-card stink. So there are plenty of people in WWE who were positioned as mid-carders who were far, far better and had a lot more fan support than their... that that, that warranted more of a push, more of a main event thing. You look at the mid-card in WWE now, you know, like Finn Balor, Cesaro, uh, Rusev. Alistair Black. Tons of them. Ricochet. Yeah, and it goes back to to 2005, really, of these sorts of under-push people because they're not... WWE, for whatever reason, don't see any value in them, or not as, as much as we do. And AEW is kind of a company that's founded himself on recognising the potential there. Cody Rhodes, Sean Spears. Mm-hmm. Um, Moxley. Moxley. Well, Moxley was a main eventer, though. But I know he, had his, he had his one main event run, and then after that you were like, you are the person who fused with Seth. Yeah, but... And I'm going to put you in comedy stuff. Comparing Ambrose to Cody, and to, you can mm, see there's a difference yeah. there. Uh and and they've they've made Cody and Ty work very very well. But I you know I always thought Cody, you're amazing. I love the moustache. I love the the beautiful gimmick, the stuff with Damian Sandow, uh, and Ty Dillinger, one of the most over people in the company at one point. You know he had a load of stuff going for him. I never thought that about Jack Swagger, and maybe that's just me. 
and, and and that's really all I can talk about from as a perspective. But this just, I felt like this was a very TNA move. And I mean that badly. I am going to look at the uh, the positive side of this. When we, me and Pete, did the mini news episode about Swagger possibly, or Hager, sorry, possibly coming in, Pete thought about how he was a fan of Hager. And when I had several emails after that episode had gone out and the podcast had gone out saying, like, I'm really glad you uh, to hear that Pete was a big fan of Swagger because I was also a massive fan of Swagger and felt that he was underutilized. So perhaps I'm also looking at it from that perspective of just like there are people who wanted to see Swagger do more. Uh, but there are also people like you and I that just saw him as the forever mid-carder that he was. And I, but <laughs> I, I am going to look at this and be like, hey, they've done a great work with Spears. They've done great work with Cody. They've done great work with Sammy on this one show. They've done great work with Moxley since he's come in and uh, with Paige and, and things like that. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing what they can do to establish him as a top guy in this company or as an upper mid-card guy in this company. So I'm excited to see what they can do with him. I think he's got a good look. I think he's got good intensity. And I think we're going to see a different side of him now. because Now he's more of an MMA guy. I'm looking forward to what they're going to do with him. And the crowd reacted. Like it was punk. Um, amazingly. Like that, that monster pop for Dustin, Hager got more. Yeah. So, and, and, and you're right. He did look freshened up. He looked more violent. He looked so much bigger than everyone else. <laughs> yeah. I had a, sort of a, a new look. I, yeah, I... I I I'm, I I'm hope I'm going to be proved wrong. I don't think I will be, though. I think where they're going to go is a feud with Hager and Dustin. Hager kept on targeting Dustin. I think that's what we're going to build to for a pay-per-view match, probably. And a essentially a Jack Swagger gold dust match in 2019... That's that's 2008 mid-card WWE. I was going to say, that's an episode of Raw. Actually, that's an episode of ECW in 2008. Mm. And it doesn't thrill me with excitement. And I need to keep calling him Hager. Uh, the, the last visuals, they, because the camera was all over him, kept showing his face. He was meant to stare menacingly into the camera, and he did. But he also looked around the ring for cues, and that just... Moxley wouldn't do that. When Moxley arrived, he was fully in his character. He didn't. He wasn't thinking about other things because he was there. But Hager, he was sort of like looking around, and it's little things, but it just it just implies to me that he's he's not the performer that they they need. And it's just a. I do think you want to limit the amount of mid-card WWE guys you suddenly bring to your company and then push. All I'm saying is do not expect your Tony Khan check to clear this month. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> but overall, <laughs> I did really like the show. Doesn't it's, sound like you did. <laughs> the, st look, the start of the show, I think you can go back to the first hour, really. I, yeah. I loved it. The I first loved hour it. was so good. Um, but then I was just so chipped away when I realised this isn't the product i thought they were i thought they were going to put on a a, a a logical product and they haven't done that that was me. a real shame yeah and uh i also thought yeah it's i yeah it's well i'm very excited about it still and i hope they can change the things that i didn't get on with i am um, looking at the 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 positive side of here steve here has had an effect on me over the last uh, few months that's <coughs> This was AEW setting out their stall, and this is what the weekly TV show is going to be like on a weekly basis, and I'm in for that. 
Maybe I'd like to see some more promo work. I'd certainly like to see more video packages to kind of hype up the matches and give them some stakes and introduce people to the the wrestlers, to the the casual fans, as JJ was talking about earlier. Um, but the less logic holes, I would be very much appreciative of. And But I thought the standard wrestling, for the most part, was very, very good, very, very strong. And I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to be on TV for next week, the week after, full gear and going forward. Well, let's see what you guys thought on the sut, sut, sut Super Chats. So we'll start off with the ones about AEW brackets general. Uh, Clifford Miller said, I gave the show a B minus to a B, told my friend, and he told me I need to go back to bland WWE. Thought AEW set the bar and can only improve from there. Yeah, that's it. If, if this is like, this is what an average show looks like, then you can only go upwards from here. Mm. Whereas, as I said, like with NXT, you've set out like, we're going to do takeovers every single week. As soon as you don't deliver those takeover shows, people will be like, well, what happens? I'm of the opinion you want to start with a bang. So I, I've got the opposite yeah. viewpoint of that. I could, like a dynamite. Uh, James Krause says, Jay and Silent Bob to AEW confirmed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please have oh, a match. That'd be amazing. Uh, Rich Hardisti said, I loved how the camera work harkened back to the WCW style. Yeah. Uh, it did feel like a, a WCW show. Yeah. With logic holes and all. <laughs> Uh, Beth BC says, so not a perfect show, but I will watch next week. People need to realize one TV show series premiere. Uh, it's the first TV show series premiere. I'll be back next week. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. Uh, yeah, I get that as an argument, and I, I do agree with that. But at the same time, it is your your mm. season premiere. It is the first episode, which is why it should be, you know, the best it possibly can be. And to that point... There's been a lot of talk. I found it very interesting looking at the everyone, the, the chatter about it this morning, that AEW was far surpassing NXT in terms of Twitter trends, which obviously that doesn't translate to TV ratings. or um, So none of this is like this translates to TV ratings, but it's a very interesting metric to look at. Not only did it far surpass them on um, Twitter, PlayStation View numbers mm. were huge. The Google searches for AEW Dynamite were so far and away above what NXT was doing, it wasn't even close. Mm. Like, it wasn't like, oh, there's a couple of 20,000 in there. No, no, this was like far and away bigger. To the point where people are now wondering whether AEW is going to beat NXT in the ratings quite substantially. And it's out later today. It's out later today. But if this is the show you presented, is that audience going to be sticking around for next week's show mm. and the week after? Yeah. Matthew Shields said, I enjoyed this 10 times more than Raw and SmackDown. I enjoyed it more than this week's Raw. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Garrett Lippy said, was it just me or was the commercial breaks and timing very off with AEW? Let me know your thoughts. Keep up the consistent consistency. I thought the ad breaks and stuff were, were all right, actually. Yeah, I thought they were well-timed, actually. Yeah. Alex Jordan said, creative <laughs> entrances to AEW not confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't have good themes. No. Uh, Ziggy Gamma said, In the crowd last night, favorite matches was Cody versus Sammy and Riho winning. We had all of the Kool Aid. Uh, Botches <laughs> were plenty, but still enjoyed the show. Yeah, oh, that's good. And what one experience that must have been to be there live. Totally. Uh, we got one about the women's match. Uh, Deja Second said, Match of the night for the live crowd was Riho Rose. Bought into every false finish and genuine elation when Riho finally pulled off the win. Yeah, I was really chuffed when Riho won. It's amazing how well that worked for a live crowd. I, I for, for a TV view, I think the Sammy Cody match was was terrific. 
Uh, we got a few about the main event and all angles surrounding that. Uh, Sam Cropper, who's the guy who came in earlier to say uh, they were the VIP plant, mm. uh, said Kenny was bleeding afterwards. Uh, okay, okay. Promise. Right. Oh, so. well, yeah, well, maybe. I mean, that's very foolish then. <laughs> they, it should have been a gimmick table. Yeah. You shouldn't be putting people at that angle through, through glass, glass when you can have the exact same visual effect and make it safe. Yeah, exactly. It's the gimmick chair all over again. Uh, Matthew Shield said uh, the main event match should have been a DQ and then have the Bucks grab a mic and say they want the two-on-three handicap match. That would have made it less confusing. Yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I said. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. Uh, Ziggy Gamma said popped huge for Jake Hager. I grew up watching him. <laughs> God, that makes me feel old. <laughs> That's what I mean, man. I think there are, you know, there is a generation of kids who did grow up in that 2006 era when you and I were very jaded on the product that are now going to be looking like, oh, no, those are the people that I wanted to see pushed. Mm. They, maybe, Swagger is our Christian. Yeah. When Christian went to TNA because we were like, oh, I really wish Christian had got a bigger push in WWE. And he went to TNA and he became a champion. And we were like, see, TNA get it. TNA know what to do with Christian. WWE never did. Hmm. Maybe. Uh, we got a few about uh, NXT and AEW. Uh, Matthew Bacon said, NXT versus AEW is a thing. WWE versus AEW is not a thing. Uh, bye, Vince. Just deal with the main shows and watch ratings. Yeah, I, I can see what you say there. Like, the main roster is just not going to bother itself with AEW. Uh, we'll see if that changes, though, If based on the ratings over the first month. Mm. Bullet Club said, NXT was way better IMO. I, I, from I what saw, I've yeah, seen, yeah. It, it, it was an excellent show. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fantastic show. Have you watched yeah. AEW yet? Uh, no, I haven't right. yet. It'd be interesting to see everyone's thoughts. Yeah. When yes. We, we watched them all. Yeah. I know Laurie seemed very down on it when he was watching it. AEW? Uh, yeah. Oh. Just from like, the overall presentation and stuff. It's like everyone's just got really generic music. Everyone's logos are really generic. And I don't think it was that into Sammy mm. or the presentation okay. of the show at all. Uh, Stanman222 said, uh, the demon Finn Balor defects to AEW. Wait, never mind, that was Sammy Guevara. I don't know. He he wears a panda (laughs) out to the ring. Yeah, no, I don't see that comparison, I'm afraid. Uh, Scorpion 678 said, I think AEW fans desperately wanted it to be the better show that they willingly ignore glaring issues. NXT was the better show overall. I think there is always going to be that. I think if you've got those brand loyalties, which I think is a fool's game, then you are going to forgive flaws because you just want it to be the best. DC for life. <laughs> Tribalism. Martha was fine. <laughs> Jamie Levin said, uh, for me, NXT was a better watch, but that's due to story build, which AEW hasn't had the time to do yet. I really enjoyed the moment Cody and Tony had. I disagree on that slightly considering that the Cole Riddle match had no build one really week. yeah less than a week really which is they had one angle together and, and then built to a title week. match yeah. whereas like that is something that could have had four weeks worth of build um, same with uh, Baszler and Candice yeah like they didn't they didn't do anything on last week's show to build that match even though they had the opportunity to do so and Cody and Sammy felt like a really complete story because of that video package it's yeah. a real shame they didn't do that for more uh, we actually have a super chat that came in on the Raw live show, but uh, accidentally wasn't sent across to you. Oh. So we'll read it out now. comes in from Sean Turner, who oh. said, um, Did you hear Seth yelling, Jan, when the Fiend attacked? Uh, and then, <laughs> can Ollie do a Seth being choked by the Fiend and yelling, John, and then deleting his Twitter? 
<laughs> I really wish you wouldn't look at me when you did it. <laughs> I'm going to it now. Now you just sound like Bane. Um, oh, Bane. We'll go on to the uh, to the oh, miscellaneous ones. Bane. <laughs> the miscellaneous super chats. Uh, e Ace comes in to say the Staples Center doesn't allow masks, so I worked four months on my fiend cosplay for nothing. Looks oh. like I'll just take my support Wrestle Talk sign tomorrow. Oh. oh, thank you very much. What what what? That was for that was for SmackDown tomorrow. SmackDown tomorrow. Tonight. Yeah. Oh, what a what a pain! But yeah, wearing yeah. masks uh, can can raise security concerns. Yeah. Uh, Start recording. Said if AEW do get the rights to use War Games, who would you guys like to see compete Ooh. in the first version? I mean, we we set up on this show. It's Cody, mm. Dustin, Bucks, and Kenny versus uh, Hager, Jericho, <laughs> Santana, Ortiz, and Sammy. You've already got your five on five there already. I didn't actually talk about that either. I, I'm not a fan of mishmash heels. But I don't think it's... Because you you and I both said it feels a bit mid-card vortex. I'm not sure this is a mid-card vortex. I think this was just heels standing tall. It was heels, we are friends because we are healed, but we are not a team, we are not a unit. Yeah, I don't like that either. I think it's quite lazy. Yeah. So that, so that as a closing visual, I thought was... It'd be much better to just, you know, end, end on a stronger visual, like... Moxley putting Omega through the table or Hager just standing tall. You know, just don't. Seth Amphetamines uh, sends in a super chat that he also sent on the uh, NXT stream, but you weren't there, Ollie, so mm-hmm. sending it again. Hey, Ollie. Um, I have five out of six The Front Bottom studio albums on vinyl. Thought you'd be interested. I sent it on the NXT stream like a dummy. Five out of six of the front bottoms. The front bottoms. Oh, <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're a great band. Well, no one else thinks so. Well, that's two fans they have. <laughs> yep. Me and you. <laughs> front I mean, bottoms for life. <laughs> we were joking on the uh, live stream, Pete, that um, my new way of getting really easy heat is just to say very definitive thoughts about uh, music because <laughs> someone's bound to get really upset about it. Because it's, it's just like, anytime I see Fosno, I'm going to be like, oh, that's their one good song. Because I know it'll <laughs> anger at least someone. And Ollie's is now just like, that Raw theme's very generic. Skillet's a very generic band. <laughs> Uh, Joseph Gonzalez says, "Just glad to be part of this historic Wrestle Talk Live. Love you guys. Yeah, well, thank, you for, thank you for joining us. us. Yeah. How's it comparing to the NXT views from earlier? Out of curiosity, uh, how many people watching NXT concurrently? Be very we can have our own ratings war. <laughs> okay, NXT uh, was harmed a bit just because like it's not at the usual time, whereas this mm. one is. Yeah, I'd say it was harmed." pretty significantly because of the time didn't have many super chats either um that got about a thousand peak currently 2200 okay. for aw we'll see how that changes the going forward bit, yeah. when people get more accustomed to the schedule um craig pin said luke drinking a huge cherry coke on the live stream and putting over canada take my money <laughs> it's because canada's the greatest <laughs> Um, we'll get to the super chats that uh, came in after I started reading the other ones. Now uh, we have got. Hold on, <laughs> wait. There we go. Um, me only me said. Uh, was it just me, or did AEW give off real attitude era vibes? A lot of dick kicks at the end in the brawl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a, a death rider through a glass table. The uh, I don't know about. Look, it was exciting. I don't think that necessarily means Attitude Era. Well, I mean, it was also full of logic holes, which is very Attitude yeah, Era. 
Uh, start recording said, uh, who do you see winning it? This is about WWE now. Uh, who do you see winning a title first between the 205 Live trio of Alexander, Ali, and Murphy? Ali, I think. Oh, no, um, Alexander. He'll win it at Hell in a Cell. Mm, good point. Oh, God. <laughs> If, if another match gets announced, we are three days away from that show and still only three matches on that card. It's going to be a very quick night for you, Pete, so doing the live stream. Yeah. Um, Sean Turner said, how long before Tony Khan makes himself champion? <laughs> <laughs> um, Anthony, Anthony Rodriguez says, to be honest, I really think this episode lacked storytelling. I think it's with that big beat down at the end to say that it lacks storytelling, um, it's a bit harsh. I think it's more you just didn't like the stories. Yeah. Which I can, uh, you know, I empathize yeah. with. Uh, Jerry the Hero comes in to say, Hey, Ollie, thanks for the heart on my comments. Uh, anyway, can you guys review on a. Ma- um, hmm, what? I can't read this. Uh, that must sure. be bad because Pete can usually read everything. Yeah. yeah. It's quite confusing. I think he's saying, okay, so there's a guy who's just wrestled on an indie show who's also a YouTuber. Full match can be watched on their YouTube channel for free. It's from Funhouse, who's a, a, a gaming channel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Laurie really you know, likes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, James Angel, apparently, I think, has just wrestled on an indie show. Hmm. So they're saying, can you review it? Probably not. But, oh, but maybe we'll... we'll Ask them if they want to do a collab. There you go. That's where the money is. I'll make a note. <laughs> uh, Jose Rivera Valentine said, uh, even though I was brainwashed by WWE back in 06, I still don't get excited for seeing Swagger. Just curiosity, really. Mm. Yeah, same. I, yeah, I'm not excited about him as a, as a wrestler, really. Hey, I mean, he looks like Biff Tannen. He looks like Biff Tannen, and he's a big Trump supporter. So there's just so much like correlation in there, because Biff Tannen, Back to Future Part 2, was a big Trump parody. Me Only Me Again said, Do you think WWE is trying to go back to 2006 to 2008 by making NXT like ECW and SmackDown on Fridays? Going by the Gold Dust Hager feud, I think <laughs> AEW trying to <laughs> go back to 2006, 2008. No, I. That's I, just I circumstances. So. Yeah. Uh, Conman167 said, Canada really is the greatest. Keep it's up true. the great work, fellas. It's absolutely true. It's, it's such a beautiful country. It's the swaft. Oh. Contingent in Canada there. I I would honestly, I mean, I would think about moving to Canada. It's a wonderful, wonderful place full of so many lovely, lovely people. When it's so big, you're bound to get a few nice parts. <laughs> uh, my mum and dad just got back from holiday there actually, and they kept on sending me pictures. And every picture, and my mum's a terrible photographer. Every picture she sent me looked like a work of art. The it seems impossible yeah. to screw up that landscape. The pictures you sent me were also very good. Oh, there we go. Well Boom. Played. Into that. Uh, and finally, thank you to Beth, BC, and Tim Aunt, who super chatted, but with no message. Thank you very much. Thank you all so much. I believe you had a bit of a difficult Uber ride home. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, so we finished up about 10 to 6 hopped in the uber uh, and the uber driver said to me whoa it takes 21 minutes to get to yours i was like yeah that makes sense it usually takes half an hour in traffic from here and there's no traffic so 21 minutes sounds about right and he went i thought it was 10 minutes away i said no it's not it's Walthamstow. it's <laughs> gonna be around 21 minutes away at this time in the morning and he proceeded to drive there trying to get as close to that 10 minute time as possible 
That's nuts. I have never rated an Uber driver anything less than five stars. Because why would you? It's like giving a podcast on iTunes less than five stars. But this guy was so reckless. I was white knuckling in the back. He ran three red lights. He was driving on the wrong side of the road. He was overtaking on corners when you can't oh, see. Oh, mate, that's ludicrous. And, like, there was there was very few people on the road, but still. Still reckless driving. Oh, and it was just, I, I get motion sick playing freaking Mario Kart on the SNES. I think I was in the back of this. I The only time I've ever really um, badly rated an Uber driver, because, like you, I'm just like, yeah, five stars, you know, mm. they've all done a fine job. And actually, most of the ones that take me back home after our late night live streams, I tend to because I fall asleep at the back of their car. So I think it's just polite for me to give them a nice yeah. review because I slept in the back of your car, mate. You, <laughs> you effectively gave me a bed for an hour. Um, but when my wife and I got a taxi to Heathrow Airport, I can't remember where we were going, but I mean, apart from Heathrow Airport, we, um, our taxi driver, I'm convinced was falling asleep at the wheel mm. and like because we were on the m25 and i could just feel him veering every now and again and then just like switch like quickly jump back into his lane again and my wife was crapping her pants because mm. she's a bit of a nervous uh, passenger at times anyway but particularly with a, a reckless driver and i was like mate you are not fit to be driving you said that to him I mean, I did in my feedback. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I didn't say it to his face. <laughs> oh, I sent him a strongly worded letter, of course. Was, well, I'm British. And uh, did not get, leave him a tip either. And ever since then, we've only ever used Addison Lee if we're going to do um, airport transfers. Have you? Well, that's very fancy of you. Very spenny, as the kids might say. Spenny? You never heard of spenny? Absolutely not. I'm 33 years old. Mate, that's far too spenny. Whoa, I'm not doing that. It's spenny. <laughs> that is... One of the dumbest things I've ever heard. It's expensive. If well, you haven't yeah, it, figured it out. It's also about the same syllables. Um, that's uh, a... <laughs> well, doesn't uh, Ray Holt say that? Yeah, we said BRB. BRB. Be right back. It's the same number of syllables. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, so here is the Urban Dictionary definition of spenny. Pronounced spe-ny. Means pricey. Short for expensive. Here's an example. Sure, I like that place. But it's kind of spenny. I would say that only pricks say that. You call in my lady partner a prick. She doesn't say that. I think word. she says it to annoy me. Well, that's fine then. I think using it ironically. <laughs> I think troll. I think she's trolling as well. But then I was out with her and her friends, and I joked, "Oh, let's not go there. It looks well spenny." And then someone went, "Yeah, it does look a bit spenny." Doesn't it? <laughs> and I thought, "Oh no, you didn't use that ironically." <laughs> Uh, but let's end on this lovely, lovely email. This comes in from Stephen, uh, who says, Thank you both for the sweet comments on today's video. We were driving in the car listening to you guys live, and we heard our names. Uh, and we were like, whoa, no way. My wife and I are... Giovanna. It is ah. indeed. My wife and I are hyped for the biggest week in wrestling and even more WrestleTalk context. So uh, these are the people who sent us in the uh, limited edition Firefly Funhouse box that we are going to do an unboxing video of this coming Sunday. Sent to us by this beautiful couple, Stephen and Giovanna. We've got a photo of them on our set. Mm -hmm. We're going to create our own little wall of friendship. Um, 
And yeah, there's a little follow-up email from Stephen here. He said, um, a little bit of context of how we found you and who we are as fans. Um, and spoiler, we're now mid-card pledgehammers. Uh, I watched wrestling for 10 years straight from 1998 to 2008 and loved it. However, at the end of the following events really stung me. The limo botch, Chris Benoit, Hornswoggle being the illegitimate son of Vince McMahon, oh, the new ECW, the dawning of the PG era. After all that, and only a TV viewer, no con- uh, community or dirt sheets, I stopped watching for over a decade. See that? I went to TNA. Yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was like, I was, already, I was very much already in that TNA camp at that point anyway. But w- this period of time was making me go like, I'm so glad I'm in yeah. the TNA camp. Uh, then years later, a friend of mine told me that CM Punk was a main eventer now. He did a, t- he did a pipe bomb, forced me to watch Money in the Bank. I was back and I loved it. I watched everything those few years, except for SmackDown, of course, till I found out Punk was really gone. AJ Lee would follow. Daniel Bryan had to retire and Undertaker had lost the streak. I wanted Punk to win the year prior. I was done again. Then I saw an advertisement for WrestleMania uh, 2018. I decided, heck, it was time for a free new subscription on the WWE Network. I had time off. I'll jump in and see what happens. I thought the show was pretty cool. Surprise, Brock and a 10-year-old won titles in the same night. Uh-huh. And hey, Kurt Ronda, Angle, Triple H, and Stephanie had an okay match with lots of hype. But in this time of my life, I had no one to talk to about the show. My wife thought it was okay, but wasn't into it yet, and all of my friends stopped watching in 2014. More brackets. They were excited. They are excited for AEW, though they want CM Punk to do something this week. Oh, sorry to hear about that. Uh-oh. Not a thing, mate. Please. Maybe on SmackDown. Maybe, yeah, maybe on SmackDown. So after WrestleMania 2018, I literally went on YouTube and looked for a review of the show to see what the internet community thought. I wanted to dive into this wrestling world once again. That's when I found Ollie Davis screaming sweet, sweet, sweet truth and Luke Owen's wit and insight. I have consistently watched all of your content from then until now. I say uh, say we because my wife was dragged into it by osmosis and enjoys listening to your shows more than WWE itself. We've even missed a whole month of Raw and SmackDown before the Bischoff and Hogan right. and Heyman announcement, but still kept up with your content happily. I instantly, when I was saying Bischoff and Heyman, said Bischoff and Hogan. Because I saw a H, and I'm so used to saying those two as a pair. It was. Um, It was like my wife and I were in an abusive relationship with WWE, hoping it would be different and better, but it wasn't. Throughout this time, you guys were like our counselors, breaking everything down and making WWE funny and more entertaining than it really was. Without you, many people wouldn't even watch WWE, so since Vince won't pay or support you guys, we will. Uh, Happy you're enjoying the Firefly Funhouse uh, box. We haven't uh, opened it yet, but Mm. we're going to be doing the unboxing this uh, coming Sunday. And excited to be part of your $25 (laughs) mid-card patrons. Six more to go till you reach the 1,000 at the time of writing this. That's because you pledged when Patreon was ticking everything over. So we're back over that 1,000 threshold uh, threshold again. Sorry for the lengthy email. Just wanted to share our gratitude to all the things you do and by inspiring us to stay focused on our personal and business lives. With love, Stephen and Giovanna. P.S. Can our pledge hammer names be the power couple Stephen and Giovanna? Something cringy like that haha definitely oh that's lovely thank you ever so much um that we should also probably talk about another bit of content we're doing gonna do that classic thing where i actually don't know what's going on and have to ask you on air screen stalker podcast yes yeah yeah yeah. so uh as of next week the uh screen stalker is getting a podcast tomorrow it it, it might be it might be able to set up tomorrow yeah, it might be able to be set up tomorrow. Definitely as of next week, but I've got like all the... I'm doing it when I get out. Oh, okay. But I don't know how long it's going to take them to set the feed up. Okay, okay, yeah, cool. I don't think they can hear us no, I think when we, we do we, this. We did, they're fine. Because, you know, we're going to review Joker tomorrow yeah. after seeing it at lunchtime. Yeah, and we're going to live stream on Screenstalker's YouTube channel. Yeah. Definitely launching Screenstalker podcast next week. Now, as, as of Monday, yeah. As of Monday. But maybe... Joke, it depends on the feed. Okay. 
So yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the nothing, nothing really going on actually. No, exactly. But you know, do keep an eye out for Screen Stalker in your podcast feed. It might be tomorrow. It might end up being Monday. Um, it's all up in the other moment. I need to How some... will it just pop up? Well, will it pop up as like a trailer on the Wrestle Talk feed? And then say, hey, come over here, subscribe. Well, I would likely release it on the WrestleTalk podcast feed, especially because there's no episode going out on a Friday, mm. um, to be like, and you can listen to that and future episodes over right. on Screen Stalker. Nice. Um, I learned that trick from Talking Simpsons when they launched their What a Cartoon podcast. They released the first episode in their Talking Simpsons feed where they've got thousands of subscribers and said, hey, we've just launched this new podcast. When are you going to take Genius. a listen to that as well? Very clever lads. That's why they get a lot of money on Patreon. Mm. Um, and that is all we have got time for on this edition of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Thank you ever so much for listening. Um, what's the schedule looking like? So, Joker Review will be out tomorrow on the Wrestle Talk feed and possibly on the Screen Stalker feed as well. Then on Saturday, you're going to have the highlights, midlights, and lowlights of SmackDown's debut on Fox with Laurie and Pete. Then you're going to have me and Ollie do a full breakdown of the show um, live from Nottingham inside a wrestling ring. So that the audio quality will sound different. Yes, it will sound different, but we're hoping that it should be uh, uh, fine. Um, so that will be the SmackDown review. Then on Sunday slash Monday, you will get the Helena Cell highlights, lowlights and midlights from Laurie and Pete. Cool blind. And then on Monday, you're going to get the full Hell in a Cell review from myself and Ollie and the launch of the Screen Stalker podcast. Holy moly. Holy moly. And then it's Raw, NXT, AEW. And so I suppose we should probably say now, no predictions video this week because... Oh, crap. Well, they've, yeah. only, they've only announced three matches. So how do we even do a predictions video? That's a very good point. If you're one of our Patreon Pledge Hammers, the form is up there available. There are only three matches on there and the bonus question. And Andy's just going to have some ad matches if they get announced. Mm. Or they just get, or is it just going to be those three advertised matches and then the rest of it will just be filler that they just do on the night? Yeah, that's very Paul Heyman way of booking a pay-per-view. That's, that's actually a, such a good point. That is a total <laughs> Paul Heyman way of doing an ECW show. Yeah. Maybe, that's the, maybe this is the way they're doing it now. It's like, why oh. build... Eight matches where we can just build three. I think it's because they've had a very loaded week. Yeah, they've, totally. They've, spent it. they've just spent it all. <laughs> so that is how your schedule is looking like for the next week or so. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.